Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing, the podcast that continues to set records across the nation. And then, as we always do, we break those records. My name is Jody Jenkins. My name is Tony Clement. And we are pumped yeah. for the show. I tell you, the last couple of weeks have been an absolute whirlwind of wealth building. That's kind of a little teaser there. Yeah. Uh, what we're going to get into. But I'm excited. Um, before we get to our guests, though, let's thank our amazing sponsors. Of course, right off the top, John Mutton and the team at Municipal Solutions, who are our presenting sponsor. And Tony, I know you can share a little bit about what John and his team do. Yeah, John and his team are very busy. You should visit municipalsolutions.ca. And they're very, very helpful Thingalonians. Notice how I put that, got that in there, Thingalonians. Remember oh, that's that? That's right. I do. I forgot about that. Yes. <laughs> so uh, contact uh, municipalsolutions.ca if you ever need any uh, project management or development so services. I'm talking about approvals, uh, permit expedition, uh, ex expediting is what I want to say. Expediting approvals, yes. Yeah, not expeditions. You don't want to go on an expedition. You want to expedite those permit approvals. You want to plan planning services with municipalities, anything to do with municipalities or even upper orders of government, engineering services, architectural services, minor variances. Sometimes people don't know how to get that done or land severances. And, of course, building permits. John Mutton and the gang are there for you just as they are there for us each and every week as our our presenting sponsor, MunicipalSolutions.ca. Excellent. And, of course, we got a couple other more recent sponsors that I know we want to give some love to. Yes, uh, Chris Moffat Arms and the gang at Polytrack. That's Polytrack with a Q. You find them at polytrack.com. And I know, Jody, that we have uh, professionals in the government relations end of things who listen to our program. And Polytrack is there for you because it offers GR Pros a secure hub to store their advocacy data. This includes any contact details of stakeholders, engagement reports, key messages, uh, really advocacy data at your fingertips because if you have that at your fingertips, it means less compliance and reporting time so you can grow your time for your business. So you visit polytrack.com. And if you mention and another thing podcast, when you sign up, you receive white glove onboarding services for free, 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 including tutorials and a Q&A for, for, uh, for your team. So all you GR pros out there, check out polytrack.com. And of course, last but not least, the great people at Think Data. Yes, uh, Think Data Works, uh, uh, Mackenzie, and of course, CEO Brian, uh, who is a former staffer of mine. It's very cool that he's got this great company now. And we've got another thing. Uh, just click on either go to anandotherthingpodcast.ca or you go to the description of this particular podcast. Click on uh, their uh, URL. Check them out because I think it's almost there's almost so much on offer. It's hard to distill it down for uh, this sponsorship, but uh, data sharing, uh, making sure that your data ownership model is the right model model so that uh, you can outperform your peers. There's also issues of uh, fines or mishandling data that you don't want to get into. Believe me, you don't want to get into that world. So it's proper data governance issues, uh, proper infrastructure for your data. 
that's what Think Data Works is all about. Uh, you get trusted data security, you get leading access and control, you get faster insights and solutions. And if you happen to be working for government or for a business, Think Data Works has up-to-date data for all your public policy and trade needs. That's at thinkdataworks.com, Twitter at thinkdataworks, Instagram at thinkdatahumans. There you go. Holy yeah. smokes, that's a lot. It's a lot, well, you man. know. I I take a couple more sponsors, you know. Whatever pays the bills. Exactly. We're <laughs> always open to new ideas. That's how it works. So, Jody, can I get to? to is now the appropriate time? I have a couple of questions for you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Quickly before we get to our guests. Yeah. Uh, last week we were talking about Trivial Pursuit because you were playing it, and you said you won. I said I would destroy you in the 2000s edition. So now you have selected. I'm sure you scoured the cards or the questions for the hardest ones. No, so you're going to ask, you're going to ask me a couple. Yeah, no, man, I, I've got uh, one in the sports one. The card is on big football moments. And then in the entertainment one, I've got retro shows. So sure, let's, yes, let's do this for uh, big football moments. Which team lost its home field advantage in 2010 when the roof of their Metro dome stadium collapsed? The, 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 was it new Orleans? No, it's the Vikings. Minnesota okay, well, Vikings. Metro. That's, okay, so Metro okay. Dome. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you want? We want a Dallas Cowboys. Uh, yeah, I, I I meant to say Minnesota. I said New Orleans. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, Next yeah, yeah. 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 Next okay. question. Next which, question. Okay. Which Dallas Cowboys running back surpassed Walter Payton's all-time rushing record of sixteen thousand seven hundred twenty-six yards in a two thousand and two game? Was it Emmett Smith? It was Emmett Smith. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Retro shows. Okay. Okay. Um, what is the real name of Don Draper, the tortured ad exec in the AMC series Mad Men, which aired from 2007 to 2015? You've never watched the show once, oh, ever. Okay, well, we go to the next, next round. Yeah. Last, last question. <laughs> On what 1998 to 2006 series starting Ashton Kutcher and Topher Grace does Red regularly and creatively threaten to kick Eric's butt? That 70s show. Yes, that's easy. Okay, yeah. you're pretty Those good. are kind of easy, but... <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, Let's get to our guests. So we're excited to welcome uh, two guys from the world of NFTs. And if you don't know what that means, uh, they will gladly explain it to you. Um, Last week, we were talking about the phenomenon known as NBA Top Shot. And we are excited to welcome uh, Steve Schiller and Andrew Morrow. Steve, I should mention, by the way, is streaming this live on his Twitch channel, which you should go and check out. But Steve and Andrew, thanks to both of you for joining us on the program. Hey, well, thanks for having us. I uh, I appreciate appreciate you kind of bringing a spotlight to this because I think it's it's something that a lot of people don't know about. Some people do, but it's uh, it's 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 kind of going to be the future, I think. Yeah, John let me... Ham. John Ham is the answer of the gentleman Chris Draper on Mad Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've never watched that show, so I mean, that's not really. I mean, I, I guess if I. I don't know. I guess if I was paying attention to, to, uh, <laughs> if you really cared. Yeah. If I really cared. I know that, so. Okay. So Steven, let's, let's start with you. I, I think we could use a little bit of a Coles notes version of what the end this NBA top shot craze is all about. And, and then we'll kind of transition into talking about what the future holds and, and what you guys have done in, in your short time with it. But give us kind of like the Coles Notes version of what NFTs are, what's NBA Top Shot, and uh, what are people hearing about? 
Yeah, for sure. So like an NFT is just like a non-fungible token, which just means that it's kind of a singular thing in a way in kind of the crypto verse. So within NBA Top Shot itself, and kind of I think it's one of the easiest ways to understand what exactly an NFT is, there's never an exact copy of something. So uh, within the NBA Top Shot world, they decided they were going to digitize the physical sports collectible world in a way. So right now, if I was like, hey, uh, do you happen to have any old sports cards, you know, sitting in a pack or something you look at? You'd probably say, oh, yeah, I have a handful. And uh, there's a whole business out there where some people send them out for grading. And obviously, uh, for like Michael Jordan rookie cards, if you send it out for grading and it ends up being like a 10 out of 10, there's no cracks in the card or anything. It can go for thousands, if not, you know, millions of dollars. And so they've digitized it in a way where it's super easily transferable, where you can work in the marketplace, you can gift and trade between friends and everything. But there is also uh, the cost to get in there. So, you know, normally you'd go to Walmart, pick up a sports, uh, you know, pack, whether it be baseball or whatever, uh, and you're able to open that. And you're like, okay, cool. Uh, and with this, you do have to buy packs from the store itself. And then each of the moments inside of it, um, and again, it's moments, it's not like a still image. Uh, so it's a LeBron James dunk or, uh, you know, a three-pointer from Steph Curry. And each one of those has a specific addition size, so you know. So for certain ones, for some of the rookies, if you've heard about LaMelo Ball this year, absolutely tearing it up in the NBA, they only have 4,000 of his uh, first assist ever on the platform uh, and you just ended up getting those from a pack. But, you know, just because there's only 4,000 of them ever and you know exactly that there's only 4,000 ever, it adds a little bit extra value to it where, you know, if you go buy that pack from Walmart, you have no idea the print size of like a particular moment. So it's like verifiable scarcity. Um, and hopefully that's not too complex of a way of putting it and I can uh, dive into it a little bit more. But basically this thing used to have only, you know, 3,000 users. It was in the beta stage. It's partnered by the NBA and Drew the one that introduced me to it and then all of a sudden it just completely took off it was the new craze so yeah let me let me and i i don't know if you guys are able to share this or i don't know if it's i don't think it's private information but can you guys give us a sense of what you guys have your the value of your collection to date uh, so for me personally, mine's hovering about a million dollars canadian and i put absolutely nowhere near that uh into top shot initially andrew and... how, what about you yeah, so the reason why we are probably more willing to share this than people would in other industries is because it's all on the blockchain. You can actually go to websites, uh, one's called momentranks.com, and you can type in the username of any user for Top Shots, and you can see not only their entire collection, but the value of their moments and then some other statistics, which there's still little bugs in there. Um, but for myself, my investment overall over a period of about my first month of three in Top Shots was five thousand canadian dollars and i just broke the five hundred thousand dollar mark yeah, uh, that's that's us ago. that's us right correct so, yeah, so wow you know, quite the incredible gains that we didn't expect to see we didn't think this was going to grow so fast but we're welcoming it with open arms so i just i first heard about this just two weeks ago this is my first uh eye-opening experience with it i was listening to uh, a broadcast, uh, and uh, the interviewer was interviewing Katie Hahn, who's a former uh, U.S. Department of Justice uh, prosecutor, who, where she focused on f fraud and cyber and corporate crime, that kind of stuff. And then she she flipped over, and she's uh, she she is on the board of Coinbase, 
which is uh, and also on hacker one so these are these are bitcoin or crypto companies and uh the interviewer was just asking her so what's coming ar- around the horizon and and she talked about these non-fungible tokens like just gushing at uh, the potential and the possibilities and uh, one of the things that she liked about it was, I, I don't know how it works in the NBA, but for artists who post their art into this platform, it, uh, when, you, when you trade their uh, works of art or your, your piece of their works of art, then they get, they get a piece of it as well, of the, tra- as, of the transaction. So it, it's actually a way to help starving artists uh, perhaps uh, monetize their product early on. So I, I was very interested in that. Have you heard of that before? Yeah, there, there, there's a bunch of different things and really we're just kind of getting started. So it's awesome that you guys are kind of being one step ahead of the game and looking into it and kind of, you know, educating everyone else about it because it's going to be a thing where, you know what, if you want to, you know, get a subscription to something that's would you have like this non-fungible token to get into this area? I, I mean, even for video games right now, I don't know if you guys happen to have kids or know anybody that plays certain video games and they pay for skins in them, right? And it's just, and when I mean skins, it's just, you know, you have like a cool outfit in a certain video game or whatever and there's so much money put into that um where now you know that's just going to get expedited even more so from music artists again as you mentioned um to you know potentially even movies sneak peeks of like you know if you're a part of like the warner brothers one if they let's just say there's like big major companies out there that decide they're going to create their own nft if you buy their specific token they can say hey if you have you know 500 of these accumulated you can watch like an extended version of this movie for free uh and in a way it's what the cryptocurrency world is kind of putting towards where it's you know with bitcoin and some other ones people not might not be aware of and kind of understand where with nba top shot it's super simple of like hey i have this moment uh i'm willing to sell it and then kind of go from there and i think the fact that the nba appears to be all in i don't think there's any question on that uh with this speaks volumes about their belief in it obviously they see the revenue that can be generated. Are you guys able to comment a bit on what type of interest there are from other sporting outfits and what you've heard out there? Cause I'm sure, I'm sure some of them are just chomping at the bit to do it now or to figure out how they can do it themselves. Yeah. So Drew, I can, I can let you hop in after I kind of start this one off, but I know or from my understanding, the team that put together NBA top shot, which is called Dapper Labs and they're actually Canadian, funny enough, oh. uh, based out of Vancouver, uh, they had their choice of who they wanted to work with. And they actually chose the NBA out of multiple other sports leagues for this. Um, so this came from like a crypto kitties thing where I, I honestly don't really know how it worked, but there was some way of like you breed cats and you can end up selling them. Uh, I don't know if it was like Nintendo dogs for anyone that happens to know the Nintendo DS game from way back in the day. Um, but Drew, I'll kind of let you uh, take off there about some of the other sports that are uh, coming to blockchain. Yeah. Like if you wanted to, like, can I just interrupt? I, I obviously one of my, I've got a couple of very favorite hockey moments, Henderson's goal against the Soviets in 72 and Bobby Orr's uh, goal where he was flying through the air again against St. Louis in the NHL final. So you're saying that I, I could own a piece of that image. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. So that would be the future for the NHL when they get involved. Uh, part of the, the decision behind the NBA was, their inclusion and culture. I think also the way that their players really um, have built a strong relationship with the league over the past couple of years. 
So they were really on the same playing field when their player association got into talks with um, just all the other partners involved in, in making this happen. But since the explosion in the last maybe six weeks of going mainstream for Top Shot, um, every single major sport has been in the talks with the team. Um, we're talking what looks like next is UFC, WNBA, even things that aren't sports like Dr. Seuss is going to have some sort of collectible with the team, which uh, we're all waiting to learn more details on that. Uh, but NFL, I, I'm speculating in time for next season. And then NHL and tennis, maybe golf. And I really think even something like the WWE, which maybe you would consider a sport. I'm sure Jody would. You could just imagine the amount of moments that come from those over the years. Yeah, I think the sky's the limit when you talk about not just sporting events or sport organizations, but yeah, I mean, it goes, it goes way beyond sports. Once they, you know, figure this out completely and, and make sure that everybody's well aware of the tangible effects that can happen out of it. And I think you guys are two clear examples. Um, Both of, both of these guys, I should mention, Tony, I knew from not so much Steve, I knew of Steve, but Andrew was a student of mine when I taught at loyalist and then actually worked for me. Right. I think I, and I'm pretty sure I tried to get Steve to come and work for me once uh, and for a news gig, but you had like a broken foot or something at that time. <laughs> yeah, I've gone through all a bunch of different sport industries and whatnot, but just to uh, bring up here, uh, there, there's a common question that I just want to kind of uh, talk about is a lot of people are now like, okay, well, you guys didn't put that much up and you're talking about how your collections are a million dollar. Is it too late? And I don't know about you, Drew, but I feel like we're still like disgustingly early. Yeah. Uh, you know, people over the last couple of weeks, the, the market has slightly pulled back after some really explosive growth. Uh, the market within Top Shot, and uh, it, it's kind of a, you know, a lot of markets have maybe had a pullback over the last week, so it, it's not just in that one marketplace, but when it comes to an NFT versus any other type of investment, um, I can have some sort of worry about GameStop completely going to zero, right? It makes, like, it's possible that that business doesn't have a place in the future, but for an NBA collectible to exist, this is, this is over 100 years of trading sports cards, of sports. And there's just so much opportunity from here on out that if you're not bullish on sports as an NFT and as an investment vehicle, you're just not expecting sports to be around. And that's not the side of the bet that I want to be on. Well, that's the thing, Andrew, because uh, I mean, and I know it's called non-fungible, and, and I get that it's not, you don't have a tangible asset that you can put, you know, on your wall, but at the same time, it's an, unlike Bitcoin, as an example, it's, it's actually something recognizable. I'd, I don't, I don't, I don't, wouldn't recognize a Bitcoin because a Bitcoin only exists, you know, online, but this is like, uh, you're basically investing in nostalgia. Uh, it's part art and it's part nostalgia. Is that right? Yeah, I would say so. Um, you know, there are those moments currently on NBA Top Shot that are, are run-it-back moments. So you can catch a, uh, a rookie, Steph Curry, receiving uh, an assist from uh, Andrew Bogut or a more notable player. Um, you, you could see Dirk Nowitzki, who's now been retired and going to the Hall of Fame or has already been uh, put into the Hall of Fame. Um, but there's been now rumors of Shaquille O'Neal and Tracy McGrady 
making appearances on the platform. So where does it stop there? If they can make agreements with the estate, do we see Michael Jordan, even Kobe Bryant Kobe, in yeah. the future? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And what I'd like your opinion. And these are all just opinions. I want to stress this for our audience that we're not giving any investment advice here. I always like to stress that it's the lawyer in me. But um, like, uh, do you think that the Raptors would be at a disadvantage on this platform because they're Canadian rather than American? Or am I just reading too much into it? What do you think, Stephen? Um, no, I think, I think because the Raptors are like a top 10 team in terms of popularity, there's no problems with it whatsoever. You bring up a good point though. There are certain teams, uh, for example, like the Sacramento Kings, uh, where they have like a really good rookie right now in Tyrese Halliburton, where his moments on the platform are doing really, really well, but some other star players on the team or quote unquote stars, you know, their, their top dogs aren't doing that great. And I think it really, really matters. I, the team's popularity as well as the player itself. Um, but for NBA top shot, I think player runs King, like the LaMelo uh, ball moment is I think running just under 5,000 American right now uh, per moment. There's only 4,000 of them. And as well uh, to mention each one of them is numbered. So there's 4,000 of them, but there's number one, number two, number three. And we've had some of those top 10 ones go for 20,000 plus dollars already, just because it says number one out of 4,000. Right. Now, Stephen, I just got to quickly say something here, because I know you're doing this, streaming this podcast live on your Twitch channel. And I, I got to be honest, I obviously started watching Twitch when I got into uh, NBA Top Shot and, and found out about it through you and Andrew and then started watching your channel. You did not say LaMelo with the same conviction and passion that you normally say LaMelo when you're doing your your broadcasts. So yeah, you're right. You're right. So, so I had, I had a bit of an issue uh, with some of the production stuff, so I'm not able to stream this right now, but I really want to rewatch this uh, with the viewers whenever you guys end up posting it. Cause I think it's really good. We have new people joining all the time, but yeah, I'm so, so freakishly bullish. And just, I think LaMelo is the best thing in the NBA right now. He's breaking records that only like Luka Doncic and LeBron James set in their younger days. And uh, like, if I was to ask you, Tony and Jody, uh, if you could pick one uh, physical sports world card that you could get, uh, what player would you get and what year would you want it from? Oh, that's a good question. Oh. I'd, I'd get that Luka Doncic rookie card that just... That just sold for what was it, six million or something? No, four million, wasn't it? Right. So, Tony, do you think that you would also say a rookie card of your favorite player, or would you just say like a, a any kind of moment? No, of that I player? would go for an iconic moment. So, okay, I, I just think of though, you know, that Air Jordan shot where he's. It seems like he's twenty five feet in the air, ready to like something like that. It's always going to have a value because it's just so iconic. For sure. So that's something I kind of preach when I talk about it on the stream of like, hey, if you're looking at some of these moments, yes, we want like the legends, the greatest of all times and everything. But I think ultimately the the majority of people always want to go back and they'll pay the fortune for that rookie moment. And so mm -hmm. for me, I'm like, if LaMelo Ball is truly, you know, the face of the NBA after like Luka Doncic, Zion and some of the other ones here, or maybe even before that, if he continues to play the way that he is, this rookie card is going to go for so much money. So I ended up buying like 28 of them and I, and I keep trying to get them just because I really, really, truly think that if like Luka Doncic went for 4.4 million, you know, a couple of years after his rookie year for that rookie card, what is LaMelo look like in a marketplace where it's so easy to work 
um and you know you have like a global audience yeah this, no, this sounds like what my granddad would be doing at the horse races you know t- taking a look at the field uh for the seventh race or whatever and well you know that that horse has is, is had a bit of a problem in uh a couple of weeks ago so i'm not i'm not gonna put any money on him it's it's really uh it's a form of of off-track betting in a sense yeah, I would agree with that. I think Drew can touch on that a little more because I think he looks at it somewhat like a stock market. Um, and I, I'm kind of like hard, fast and true with some of my ways. But Drew, Drew's done a lot of a like a different approach to Top Shot than I have. But it's weird because we've both been super successful with it. Yeah, I consider myself more like a, a day trader of Top Shots. I think there's a lot of room for speculation. And when we see the user base as a whole grow because of scarcity of these moments, the entire crop rises. So just getting in and buying your favorite players, you know, probably still has some, there's going to be some benefit there. But moving forward, the stars are the ones who people join the platform and they want to have a piece of. So right now, the cheapest LeBron James moment is around $1,800 US. So as a new user, that is so out of reach that yeah. when the new moment comes in, the demand will be so high that if it's only it's going to quickly shoot up higher. Uh, And to think like all these moments, whether they're now worth a hundred, a thousand, 10,000, or even the biggest sales over 200,000, they all came from packs that were worth like nine to $20. It's like supercharged uh, trading cards. It's, it's really an interesting space. Do you think now, what do you think the demographics are of this? Is this, uh, older people, uh, baby boomers, and older millennials, or uh, does this have a special allure to generation, generation Z, or what do you think? We see a nice mix in the community so far. It's certainly heavier weight towards millennials, uh, or, or maybe the, the 20 to 35 range, mostly males, um, even crypto as a whole. Uh, I got into the crypto world within the last six months, so I've seen that it's a very male-dominated sector right now. But, you know, that's not to say that there are no women interested in personal finance and crypto and NFTs. Uh, I mentioned WNBA is probably going to be one of the next sports to come out. So it's going to be really interesting to see. Um, I don't think we need to compare when it comes to every male and female sport, but just seeing the success of that platform and how many people want to buy those moments and start to support those stars by by buying their moments and, and packs. Uh, it's gonna be really intriguing to see. Um, but yeah, like in our community, we have uh, some gentlemen who are college professors. Uh, shout out Professor Poppy. Uh, we have um, just many users over the age of 40, 50, even 60, who see this as the future. And maybe they're, they're making some investments for their kids and for the next generation beneath them to, to maybe get handed down eventually. Andrew and Steve, we want to thank you guys for coming on the program and sharing your expertise. And if people want to find out more, they can obviously go to nbatopshot.com. But is there, um, like, how do they find you on Twitch there, Steve? Uh, so I guess the easiest way, because I know a lot of people haven't used Twitch, and that's something that, <laughs> that I've found very quickly. People that are getting into Top Shot, they've not had experience on some other platforms where if you do get into Top Shot, you might have to download Discord and figure out that realm. But for me, um, my Twitter handle is where I have like a bunch of the stuff that I post for the Twitch. So it's at Steven with a V and then uh, underscore Shill, S-C-H-I-L-L.
And Andrew, what are you on Twitter? Uh, nice and simple for me, at Andrew Morrow, M-A-U-R-O. So feel free to ask uh, any questions, send tweets, Steve as well, and you'll see us posting the link to uh, both the Twitch and the Discord community uh, quite often. Awesome. Well, we appreciate your time today, guys, and we look forward to seeing those values continue to grow and grow and grow. Thank you so much. Well done, guys. All right. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So there you have it, Tony. Yeah, very interesting. guidelines, the way to get in. So I expect, I expect that you'll be rushing to nbatopshot.com and purchasing uh, several moments. Who, who, uh, who is, other than Michael Jordan, is there an NBA player you watch right now or you actually know their name and you can say, yeah, yeah I, I, mean, like I know guy. all the stars. I, as I said, uh, maybe offline, I'm, I'm not as big an NBA maven as you are, Jody, uh, more into NFL and NHL. But um, of course, I, I know the stars and uh, I know some of the big moments in the 90s and the 2000s. So I'm um, I'm I'm going to dabble, I think. Again, no investment advice offered here, but uh, no, 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 no. I'm 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 interested in, in I want to learn more about it because I can see it going into movies like uh, big moments on film, all these things where it can be applied as well. So might as well get in early. Yeah, I think there is a real opportunity here and. It's funny, though, because there are some hardcore investors. Well, I'll give you an example. Uh, someone who's been on this show, Brett Wilson, and he is not a fan of the crypto stuff at all. Yeah. So it's just it's it's interesting how, you know, different investors have different views on things. But that that, that there's lots of investors that have different views on multiple things you can invest in. So I guess that's just always good to be diversified. Yeah. I will say this, though, because we were got, someone got talking about crypto or I was talking to somebody at lunch about this about NBA top shot and and they made a good point this individual they they talked about how you know who places values on anything in in the commodities world or in the you know the stock markets for example gold like yeah, whoever said that gold or who came up with the the premise that gold is a valuable material and putting a cost on it you know what i mean like what's the I, I, it's true though, because why, why is gold so valuable? Why gold and not quartz? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, so anyway, it's just some interesting stuff, but again, nbatopshot.com. Make sure you check it out. Uh, a lot of interest there. And we'll certainly be uh, following that along. And Tony, we got some great guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. So looking forward to that. You can see uh, all, you can listen to all our podcasts at, and another thing, podcast.ca as well as, uh, all of the usual places and please rate and review and want to thank our sponsors again, municipal solutions.ca and polytrack.com. And uh, of course at think data works, they're doing a great job as well. So uh, please uh, give some support and some love to our sponsors. Absolutely. So we will talk to you in seven days. You betcha.